Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Neil McGeever. Good morning. morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Lord, I just thank you that your word has already started going forth, that your word is going forth to each and every person that is here today, each and every person that is watching online right now, and each and every person that will watch online in the future, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that as I speak, Lord, that it is not my words, Lord, but it is your words that come through me. Lord, that what you've put on my heart to speak, Lord, comes through and does a work in every single person here and online, Lord. Your word says that your word does not come back void, but it shall do a work, Lord. It shall do a work. Glory be to you, Lord. Glory be to you. In the name of Jesus, everybody said, amen. 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 So we're going to talk about God's goodness today. Hallelujah. We're going to talk about God's goodness. We're already singing about it. Amen. The very first song was talking about how good he is. And then we're talking about, we're singing about his glory. You know that um, when Moses, when you read the, the Bible about Moses, he kept asking God to see his glory. God, I want to see your glory. And uh, this is just a little side note for you. Um, when God said, okay, I'll show it to you. So we made him go and stand in the rock and stuff like that. And God said, when I pass, I'm going to show you my goodness. So they're interchangeable. His glory, his goodness. Amen? Just a little side note. So I have some stories to tell. <laughs> they're about me. They kind of involve my family, but they're about me mainly. Don't worry, I won't embarrass the three of you, I promise. (laughs) Uh, So, I have a different schedule in my life than Heather and the girls. (laughs) I have to get up early in the morning to, well, now start work. My commute's all of two minutes long from my bedroom down to the office downstairs. (laughs) But I have to get up earlier than they do, and... um, they're night owls, okay? They, they'll sleep until, what, 9, 10 sometimes? Depends on what day it is and what they're doing and what's on their schedule. And so they get up later and they, get, they work hard. They work very hard, all three of them, doing lots of different things. School, um, Heather and Abigail are still doing school. Beth- <laughs> Bethany is rejoicing she is not. And she's helping out wherever she can and doing lots of stuff, and she's just as busy and doing a lot more at her dance studio, like she was saying. So they go through their day, and um, they have their things to do and stuff like that, and I go through my day. And so I finish work in the evening, and then I go and I do stuff around the house or whatever, run errands or things like that, and we eat dinner and stuff like that, and then... By the time it's time for me to really start to go to bed, they're just finishing their work. 
and they're starting to settle down, and they're probably going to eat, and then they're probably going to go and watch some TV. So just a little side note here. There's no judging allowed about what I'm about to say about myself, okay? <laughs> Everybody on the same page here, okay? <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm about to out myself. <laughs> so as they're, as, as they're finishing their work, um, and they're settling down, they're gonna, they've eaten and they're going to watch some TV and just relax a bit before they go to bed at like 1 o'clock in the morning or whenever they go to bed. I've mentioned it before that the whole different life happens after I go to bed in our house. I wake up in the morning sometimes and like there's food that's been cooked in the fridge and cakes and pies and bread and like things happen after I go to bed that are yeah amazing and wonderful and a blessing to me. So I was having a problem with this because I like to spend time with my family and so I knew that I had to go to bed because I needed to get sleep. And it, it's, when I hit the, the pillow, I'm out. I'm blessed. I am so blessed. I am very, very blessed. As the minute I hit the pillow, I may hear a few minutes of the preaching that I turn on, but <laughs> I don't hear anything else. <laughs> I am out until my alarm goes off, and then sometimes even after my alarm goes off in the morning. Um, but I... I felt like I was missing out. And so I, I spent, I was like, Heather's like, yeah, you know, you need to go to bed. You need to get some sleep. I'm like, yes, yeah, I know, I know, okay. So I get up and I go and I, and I give them all a kiss goodnight and I go and I start getting ready for bed and stuff like that. And I was having a few little issues with rebellion. <laughs> so I would... I like to watch videos on YouTube and stuff like that. Things like, um, like when s the soldiers come home and, and they surprise their wives or their families or their sisters and stuff like that. It's, it's fun to watch. Or marriage proposals, how guys get re really creative and things like that. Or, or you know, another thing that I found was trail cams. So you get to see these really cool wild animals on people's trail cams that they have in their back 40 and stuff like it. Like they have them in Alg Algonquin Park here in Canada and stuff and you see these elk and moose that like just fill the entire frame and stuff. So I'm trying, <laughs> I want to watch my TV and I'm having my little I want to watch my TV. So I'm getting ready for bed, but I'm watching the TV and all this stuff, and I know that I shouldn't be doing that. I should be, I, I can put like on preaching or something like that while I'm getting ready for bed, but a lot of the times what, what happens is, is I'm watching these things, and so I'm getting ready for bed, and I get into bed, and I'm still watching them, and I'm watching them, and I'm watching them as I'm laying in bed, and then all of a sudden it's like 1 o'clock in the morning, and I'm having to get up, start getting up at about 6 o'clock in the morning, and that's not good, right? <laughs> So I was having an issue with that, and I, I've been believing and talking to God about it and repenting about it and not wanting to do it because it's not right. I, I was in the wrong. I was in the wrong. The other thing that um, I've been dealing with in my life is my weight. So I am losing 20 pounds. Amen. Amen. I want to get down to about 185 pounds. So I've lost weight. I've been working at this for over a year now. 
<laughs> See, the problem is I've lost about 30 or 40 pounds. Somewhere's in that, that range. The challenge is it's been the same five pounds over and over again. <laughs> so... <laughs> I have been bouncing between 200 and 210 pounds for the last year and a half. And I wanted, I, again, it's things like I've been eating more than I know that I should. And when I just, you know, I felt like I wanted to eat something and stuff like that. And so I go and eat it. And um, so, <laughs> what's that? <laughs> there is a point to all of this, and I'm getting to it. We're talking about God's goodness here, okay? And this is going to illustrate God's goodness. So Pastor Jason's sermon last week, he, had, he talked about God wanting to indwell in us and how we can indwell in him, right? Remember that? That's what he was talking about last week. And God, uh, Pastor Jason asked two questions. I mean, he asked a lot of questions, and it was an amazing sermon. It really touched me and, and helped me, as you're about to see. It was very powerful. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it online. It's on live stream and Facebook, on our Facebook page. He asked two questions that really spoke to me. He said, can God settle down and rest in you? And then he asked, is he comfortable seeing what is coming through your eyes? Can God settle down and rest in you? Is he comfortable seeing what is coming through your eyes? That really cut through to my heart about what I've been battling and what I, I don't want to be in rebellion because it's, it's not good. I spend a lot of time repenting about it. So that really cut through to my heart. And coupling that with the teaching about him dwelling in us, God dwelling in us and us turning and dwelling in him, I've noticed that that desire to watch those videos in rebellion as I'm going to bed, it literally has vanished. This week. There's no other way to describe it. It literally vanished. Those cravings that I had for eating and eating late at night and wanting to stay up and eat with the Heather and the girls and stuff like that, they've completely changed. Like, I... I there's no more cravings. I, there's no explan explanation except for God and his goodness. No explanation except for God and his goodness in my life and his desire to do the works in my life, the things that are on my heart that I want. I want to walk with him in every aspect of my life. I don't want any part of my life to be separate from him. And his goodness was able to, because he is a good God, he was just waiting for me to turn to him to allow him to indwell those parts 
of my life and touch my heart and change me. I did nothing on my own power. Nothing out of my own will. I had a heart to be right with God, but I did nothing on my own. Turn to Romans 2. And we're going to look at verse 4. Romans 2, and we're looking at verse 4. And we're going to start in the second half of it. So the context of this verse is that uh, Paul is talking to Christians, talking to believers, talking to people that have turned away from God. But this little nugget right here in, at the second part of verse 4 is so powerful. So I'll just read the whole verse, and it's, it says, Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance or longsuffering? Here we go. This is the part I want to focus on. Not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. So, a few weeks ago, probably closer to a month and a half ago, I did, I, I love this verse. And I, so I spent some time just meditating on it and, and asking God about it. And he showed me something that I've never seen. That word goodness, not knowing that the goodness of God, that word, when you drill down to the root of that word in the Greek, it means two things. And I want you to write this down if you're taking notes, because this is really important. It means to furnish what is needed. It means to furnish what is needed. Then it means to act towards one in a given manner. To act towards somebody else in a given manner. So let's think about the core nature or manner of God. What do you think that is? Love. That's right. His core nature, who he is, is love. So like I am a man, he is love. Like Heather is a woman, he is love. He just doesn't give love. He doesn't find it from somewhere else and give it. He is love. So, he furnishes what is needed by acting towards one in his core manner, which is love. Are you with me so far? Now, repentance. Right? Because it says... Don't you know that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? It leads us to repentance. In those, in those two examples that I just showed of my life, they led me, his goodness led me to repentance and set me free. Repentance, this is from the 1828 Webster's Dictionary. 
the relinquishment of any practice from conviction that has offended God. The relinquishment of any practice from conviction that has offended God. Repentance is letting go of what you know it doesn't like in your life. And just make a turn towards God. The same thing as what Pastor Jason was talking about last week. When we go to indwell in him, you just take that turn towards God and that step towards God. That's what repentance is. It is very simple. It is not complex. It is very simple. God furnished what was needed for me to, without any toil on my part, to be free from that rebellion and to change my focus on my eating. He furnished what was needed. This is God's goodness. He wants to furnish what is needed in our lives. And he does it in a manner of love. He does it in a manner of love. If you are feeling convicted about something, that's not God. If you're feeling um, down and beaten down about something in your life, that's not God. God may want you to change that something in your life, he may want to help you change that, but he is never going to make you feel awful. You, it, the process may be uncomfortable <laughs> because we're getting some, probably getting rid of some of our flesh and some of the ways of our own thinking, and so it may be uncomfortable, but you will, f- you will experience God's love in the process you will experience his love in the process because he will be right there with you, walking step by step with you every step of the way. He will not leave your side. Pastor Ann even talked about that. There's no shadow of turning in him. There is no shadow of turning in him. He promises that he's always going to be by our side. Well, he lives in us. If we've given our lives to Christ, this is the picture of the goodness of God. He furnishes what is needed to make it easy. If we choose, that's the one thing we do. We have to make that choice. He furnishes everything that is needed for us to step out of what he doesn't want in our life, allow him into that area of our life and allow that change and that restoration and that rebuilding and everything that we need in that part of our life to make it whole according to him. Not whole according to this world, but whole according to him.
Let's turn to Revelation. And we're going to look at chapter 3. Oh, and by the way, happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers out there. Be blessed. Have a wonderful day. And we're going to look at uh, verse 20. So we're in chapter 3 of Revelations, and we're looking at verse 20. John, if you want to get ready with that picture. So Revelation 3, verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. This is Jesus talking to the church of Laodicea. Now, (laughs) the church of Laodicea was the one that he talked about being lukewarm, neither cold nor hot. They were lukewarm, and he wanted to spit them out. He wasn't happy with that. He wants you either to he, he wants you to be either cold or hot. Well, we want you to be hot. <laughs> For God, no cold here. <laughs> this is a no cold zone, especially this morning. <laughs> it's slightly warm in here. Praise God. <laughs> so behold, I Jesus stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. This paints a picture of what of God's attitude towards us, his heart towards us, his perspective on us. He's sitting there waiting for us to open the door. Right? He's waiting for us to open the door. So in the examples that I gave about things that I've been dealing with, he's been waiting for me to open the door. And through Pastor Jason's preaching last week, a door was made provided for me to open up and allow him into that area of my life. All of the ducks got in the row in my head and I saw a way out that he provided because he was sitting there knocking at that door. Oh, hallelujah. If any man hear my voice, notice that he was knocking. We were talking about this in men's group yesterday. He was knocking, but then he says, if any man hears my voice, that knocking had, a, if you look at the word voice, we looked at this yesterday, and it talks about tone. It's the, Pastor Gwen used this, uh, talked about this Greek word. It's, in our language, it would be phone. <laughs> but it, when you dig down into the Greek word of it, it talks about a tone, a tone of speaking, of communicating. So that knock has a tone to it. Now, the Bible says that our spirit will witness with his spirit, right? When That's how we know that it is God in our lives, speaking to us, acting in us. Our, our spirit, our, the spirit man inside of us, will witness with his spirit. You're, you'll be like the meerkat, and you'll perk up. And you're like, oh, I heard something. 
That sounded like God in my spirit man. I know it. So that's what this is talking about. That the difference between knocking, what we think of knocking, you can't knock with your voice. Knock, 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 knock. <laughs> Doesn't quite work. <laughs> right? It, it isn't the same thing. <laughs> but when Jesus knocks, it has a tone that is going to resonate with our spirit man that we're going to know. And you're, gonna, you're thinking to yourself, well, how am I going to know? You just know. You know when you're knower. <laughs> you just know. <laughs> I don't know if there's any way else to describe it. There's a peace in it. There's a purpose in it. There's all the nature of God in it. Joy in it. When you hear that tone of God knocking. Amen? Remember, we're talking about God's goodness. This is, this is giving a picture of his goodness. He's right at that door, knocking, waiting for us to answer. So if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and will sup with him and he with me. Now, that word sup there means supper. But when you, again, when you dig down into the meaning of the word, it means a feast, uh, a, uh, a meal that is an intimate meal with a family, like the family gathering for a Sunday evening dinner sort of idea. It's a personal and intimate gathering that he wants to have with us. That's what he's going to do when he sits down and sups with us. It's going to be that roast dinner on Sunday evening with all the fixings, the Yorkshire puddings and the, the peas and the gravy. And, and oh, yeah, praise Jesus. <laughs> Maybe the roast was done on the barbecue. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. And all, all the moles are salivating now. But he wants to be there at that meal. Yes. But he is a gentleman. He's not going to barge in. He's not going to walk through the walls. He's going to sit and knock at the door with that tone. And we have to open up the door and let him in. And then he's going to sit down and share with us. Think about the um, after he had died, was crucified, and he came back, and he was walking down the road with the two guys, and they were talking about him, and he came, and he sat down with them. They wanted him to stay over and have a meal, and the moment that they started to break bread together, an intimate gathering with these two men, their eyes were opened. Their eyes were opened to Jesus. Amen? So we allow him in, and our eyes will be open to him. Amen. Do you want to bring up that picture now, John? 
So this is one of the BC hydro dams in BC somewhere. Not sure where, but it gives the picture of what I wanted to show here. God's been showing me something about his desire in our lives. His desire in our lives is he wants to pour out everything that we need. Remember? He wants... That word goodness means to furnish what is needed in a manner according to his love, right? He wants to furnish what is needed. So when you look at this dam, there's a ton of water there. A ton of water there and not very much water down here. This is Jesus and everything that he has for us. This water here is Jesus and everything that he has for us. It's like there's a pressure there, right? There's always a pressure on a dam. That's why they're built so big and so massive with so much concrete so that they can hold all of that water. There's a pressure there. that, And if you look at it in the way that this is Jesus and everything that he has for us, and this dam is kind of like the door. Okay, you with me so far? Okay, let's turn to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, and we're going to be looking at a bunch of verses here. We're starting in verse 6. These verses are to describe what that water is. Okay? That's what we're going to be looking at here. They are the wisdom of God. They are the wisdom of God. That, all that water is like the wisdom of God. You with me so far? Okay. So, verse 6. Yet when we were among the full-grown, and I'm reading from the Amplified, if you have the Amplified, maybe bring it up. Yet when we were among the full-grown, spiritually mature Christians who are ripe in understanding, we do impart a higher wisdom, which is the knowledge of the divine plan previously hidden. That is key. Before Jesus came to the earth, God's wisdom was hidden. He only revealed it to very select people. And he only revealed little bits of it to those people, to the prophets of the Old Testament and to um, kings and sometimes the priests. But very little bits of it. So the wisdom that we have access to in Jesus was previously hidden. But now it's not because of what Jesus did on the cross. Because of the access that we have to God, that wisdom is no longer hidden. Okay. But it is indeed not a wisdom of this present age or of this world, nor of the leaders and the rulers of this age who are being brought to nothing and are doomed to pass away. Basically, simply what that is saying is that the wisdom of God has nothing to do with the wisdom of earth or the world. They are two very different things, and 
they don't like to interact with each other, actually. <laughs> they are kind of... <laughs> yeah. They're mutually exclusive. <laughs> you, you can't have both of them in the same building at the same time. They're having to be socially distanced. <laughs> he, he, I, believe me, I tried to, to live my life for a very long time like this. I, if you think of a, like a, a road with the double yellow lines down the center of it, I had one foot in the world and one foot in God, and I was trying to use the wisdom of the world with the wisdom of God, and my goodness, did I ever get messed up. It was awful. I was like a roller coaster in my life, and when you choose the wisdom of God, things get to go like this. Amen. They calm down. They become an even plane. They have... No shadow of turning. Right. Mm, 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 mm. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know about you guys, but I am having fun. Okay, verse 7. So we're describing the wisdom, which is that water. Okay? That's what we're doing here. Verse 7. But rather... What we are setting forth is a wisdom of God once hidden from the human understanding and now revealed to us by God. That wisdom which God devised and decreed before the ages for our glorification to lift us into the glory of his presence. So this wisdom, to, he wanted to unleash all of his wisdom to us. That's what this is saying. It's saying that he wants to unleash all of it to us. That wisdom which God devised and decreed before the ages for our glorification to lift us into the glory of his presence. His wisdom, whole purpose is to lift us into the goodness or the glory of his presence. Okay, so I want you to write this down. I don't want you to turn to it um, for verse 7. This I want you to go and read at your uh, after church today, Proverbs 8, and we're going to look at verses 22 to 31, because this des that describes what this is talking about here. Proverbs 8, 22 to 31. So in this proverb, wisdom is talking about itself in the first person. Okay? Wisdom is talking about itself in the first person, so it's talking in I's and me's, like I was saying it. So starting in verse 22. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way before his works of old. So what was before his works of old? Wisdom was before, but so what are the works, of, what are they referring to there as, as the works? Creation. Thank you, Shalane. Creation. He's talking about creation here. So he was there before creation. I was, verse 23, I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, or ever the earth was. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. 
when he set a compass upon the face of the depths, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree that the water should not pass his commandment, when he appointed the fountains of the earth, there I was by him as one brought up with him. I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. Oh, glory to God. That is a picture of the wisdom that we're talking about here. It shows that it was there before the beginning of time. It also is it's referring to Jesus. Because Jesus is wisdom. So this is, it went at the very end there. There I was as one brought up with him. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. It's talking about Jesus there. The wisdom that we have access to that Jesus unleashed or um, unstopped at the cross and what he did on the cross is now available to us all the time. Amen? Okay. Verse 9. Oh, verse 8, sorry. None of the rulers of this age or world perceived and recognized and understood this. For if they had, they would never have crucified the Lord of glory. But... On the contrary, as the scripture says, what eye has not seen and ear has not heard and has not entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared, made and keeps ready for those who love him, who hold him in affectionate reverence, promptly obeying him and gratefully recognizing the benefits he has bestowed. He God has prepared his wisdom for us, specifically for us. It resides on the inside of us. We may not understand everything about God, but everything about God resides on the inside of us because God resides on the inside of us if we've given our life to Christ. I've mentioned this before, when I was dealing with multiple sclerosis in my life, God was in my life. He lived on the inside of me. His healing lived on the inside of me, but I didn't have an understanding of his healing. Yet that wisdom was still on the inside of me. That doesn't change. What changed was God showing me that as I pursued and went to learn about it. I learned about that healing in my, in, that was already on the inside of me that I had access to, and now I live a healed and whole life where MS does not affect me at all. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He makes and keeps ready for those who love him, that wisdom. Verse 10. Yet to us... God has unveiled and revealed them by and through his Spirit. For the Holy Spirit searches diligently, exploring and examining everything. 
even sounding the profound and bottomless things of God, the divine counsels and things hidden and beyond man's scrutiny. Verse 11, for, that, for what person perceives, which knows or understands, what passes through a man's thoughts except the man's own spirit within him? Just so no one discerns comes to know and to comprehend that the thoughts of God, or sorry, the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. This is for us. This is for us. Things beyond man's, in, that, scru, that word scrutiny means investigation. So he's revealing things beyond man's and our own ability investigation into stuff. We can't comprehend it in our own ability and investigation and, and toil to try and figure it out. And it's all because we have the Holy Spirit. It's all because we have him on the inside of us. He wants to reveal every aspect of himself to us. Amen? Verse 12. Now we have not received the spirit that belongs to the world, praise God, but the Holy Spirit who is from God, given to us that we might realize and comprehend and appreciate the gifts of divine favor and blessings so freely and lavishly bestowed upon us. By God. And that we are setting those truths forth in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Holy Spirit, combining and interpreting spiritual truth with spiritual language to those who possess the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Because we possess the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, we have all of this on the inside of us. Notice I'm going over this again and again and again. We need to get an understanding of this, a full understanding of this, that we have the fullness of God, the full stature of Jesus Christ on the inside of us that has no shadow of turning, that doesn't change, that wants to be part of our life. It, it wants to be part of our life. We have to say yes to it. We have to say, yes, Lord, I need to know about that. Verse 14, but the natural, non-spiritual man does not accept or welcome or admit into his heart the gifts and teachings and revelations of the Spirit of God, for they are folly, meaningless nonsense to him, and he is incapable of knowing them, of progressively recognizing, understanding, and becoming better acquainted with them. That's pretty thorough. So if we're trying to figure it out by the world, it's not going to happen. If we're trying to figure out God by the world's ways, it's just not going to happen. Remember I said at the beginning, they're mutually exclusive. The wisdom of God and the wisdom of this world is mutually exclusive. They can't interact with each other. Because they are spiritually discerned and estimated and appreciated. The things of God are spiritually discerned. Pastor Jason talked last week about just turning to him. Make sure that the first thing you do in your life, in every situation, is you turn to him. That's being 
putting him first, that's being spiritually discerning because you're going to him first as opposed to trying to figure it out and then check with him later about whether it's right. Let him show you. Amen? But the spiritual man tries all things. He examines, investigates, inquires into, questions, and discerns all things. Yet is himself to be put on trial and judged by no one. He can read the meaning of everything, but no one can properly discern or appraise or get an insight into him. The world doesn't understand us, is basically what that is saying. They don't understand walking with God because they don't have the wisdom of God. It's like Greek to them. Praise the Lord that we have interpretations of Greek <laughs> in our Bibles. <laughs> It's like Greek to them, so they're not going to understand us. But what they will understand is the love of God that's on the inside of us, that we act in that nature towards him. Because inside of us is everything, that furnishing of everything that is needed in that situation. That love, they will understand love. They'll see love as we act it out towards them or around them. But if we start talking to them about Greek and, and Bible, well, you're going to be using scripture, maybe not in its purest form, but in your conversation. But if you start to speak Greek to them, they're not going to get it because it's of God, not of the world. Love is that intermediary. For who, verse 16, for who has known or understood the mind, the counsels and purposes of the Lord as to guide and instruct and give him knowledge? So basically this is seeing, saying, you know what? You don't have more wisdom than God. Don't try giving him wisdom. <laughs> Quite simply put. <laughs> you are never going to have more wisdom than God, so don't try and give him your wisdom. <laughs> But we have the mind of Christ, the Messiah. Oh, hallelujah. And do hold the thoughts, the feelings and purposes of his heart. We have the mind of Christ. It's not talking about a physical mind between your ears in your cranium. It's talking about the mind of Christ in your spirit man. It lives and dwells in there and has all that wisdom. Okay, so now... We understand that God has unlocked all of his wisdom that was been there from the beginning of time, before time even started. That wisdom is, he is unleashed to us. Right? That's what the, all these verses was about. So then if we go back to Revelation, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Okay, so, back to the dam. The water is Jesus and all of his wisdom. You have a question about healing. So, picture the front of this dam with a whole, like, scaffold of stairs and everything like that and a whole ton of doors. And each door has a label on that dam. And he's knocking at every door. 
and you have a question about healing, you have a question about provision in your life, you have a question about salvation, or whatever the question is, you go and you find that door on that dam. And you hear him knocking, right? You hear his tone of his knocking. You're like, oh, here's the door. I hear it. It, it bear witness in my spirit. Here, here we go. And you open up that door. Now, you would think as you open up that door that there's going to be a rush of water that fills the entire doorway that comes out. And you're going to be blown off of the scaffolding and it's not going to work. But no. Because in God's goodness, he knows exactly how much water needs to come through that door to teach you, to grow you, and what it needs to be. If you ever talk to Heather about how God healed her in her life, it was different than how God healed me. The scriptures that when she opened up that door on that dam of healing for her life, the scriptures and the, and the understanding and the counsel that God gave Heather was different than he gave me because he knew she's different than me and she needed something different in her life to get her through and above everything that she was dealing with at that time. Different than me. He knows when you open up that door, you don't need to worry about that it's going to be a massive flood of water that's going to push you off. It's going to be exactly what you need. That takes us right back to the beginning here. Right back to the beginning. I went too, too far. To furnish what is needed in, an, in, a, in a manner of love. He knows exactly what is needed. He knows exactly what is needed and he knows how to furnish it to us. That is God's goodness. He is a gentleman, so he's going to be knocking at the door. And we just have to go and answer it. Any aspect of our lives, anything, anything. You may think it's trivial or stupid that you're asking that question, but God doesn't. He has a door for it on the dam. Remember, this is Jesus and all of the wisdom that was there before the beginning of time, before God the Father started creating the heavens and the earth and everything like that. It's all right there. And it doesn't matter what you think about the question you have on your heart. Because he wants to answer it. Shlaine. He wants to answer it. He wants you to open up that door. Because he'll be right there with the exact amount of wisdom, understanding, revelation that you need to grow in him. To give that aspect of your life up to him. And allow him to enter into that part of your life and fulfill it and make it full and full of life like only he can.
when things that you see in your life seem nasty to you, don't worry about it. Just come to God. Because in His loving kindness, He's going to help you through it. Go and open the door that He's knocking. And He'll pour out upon you His Holy Spirit and touch you in a way that you've never experienced. He will bring life to something that is dead in your life. He'll bring peace to that area of your life. He'll bring restoration. He'll bring joy where you thought there could not be any joy ever again in that part of your life. There's a huge dam of wisdom and he knows exactly how to administer it in you, for you, and to you. Exactly. Because he knows you better than you know yourself, quite simply. simple as a choice on your part. Remember we were talking about repentance. Repentance is just a turn towards God and a step and open the door. And there he is embracing you. Ready to hold you up and help you walk through what you need to walk through. Lord, you unleashed your goodness, your wisdom upon us, Lord. That we can walk in your goodness, Lord, your glory. We can walk in everything that you have furnished for us that we need, Lord. We can walk in it every day of our lives, not just on Sunday or a Bible study on a discipleship class on Wednesday or prayer on Thursday, but every single day of our lives, Lord, we can walk in in you, in what you have furnished for us, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that it is as simple as opening a door and allowing you in. Oh, Lord, you have so many doors that can help us, that will unleash that amazing wisdom that you have for us, Lord, to help us see things differently, see things the way you see them, to help us get a different perspective in our lives so that we are not plagued by the biases of the past of our lives, that they no longer have chains on our lives, 
but you can change that perspective. You can get rid of that bias. You can get rid of that old perspective that is not of you. Oh, thank you, Lord. I praise your name. Thank you, Lord, that you are constantly wanting to build us, to build us, to make sure that our part of you, the solid foundation, that rock, that chief cornerstone, Lord, is cleared and steady and that we're able to walk upon. Oh, I praise your name, Lord. So simple. So simple. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3W3B1.